0: Father, you've given us promises. Your scripture is full of them. When Jesus was on earth, he gave us even more. Today, we need to see you and your hand at work in our lives, in the lives and the hearts of the people around us, in our family members, in our friends. We're asking you to show up. You've promised that when we gather in your name, like we are here and now, that you would be here in the midst of us. So we claim that today. We stand on that. That's a promise that we are going to depend on this morning. That you're with us, that your love for us is greater than anything we could imagine, and that you're going to see us through whatever we're facing. We give this time to you and ask that as we open your word and your scripture that you would reveal yourself and your heart to each and every one of us, that our lives would be changed and that we would see you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, grab a seat real quick. Welcome to Ordinary Faith. My name is Pastor Steve. I'll be your stewardess this morning. If this is your first time here, I hope you feel welcome. If this is your last time here, it was nice to have you. No, 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 no. It is always good to be in the house of the Lord. It is always good to gather together, especially when things are going sideways. And for some of us, that's been our week. Pastor Michael this week is in Tennessee, and he's dealing with some family issues that have him just at a loss. He and his brother, Jason, are trying to sort out what's next, so keep them in your prayers. But along with that, I know personally, some of you that are going through similar things. You're just facing uphill battles with a rock in front of you that keeps rolling back on you, trying to mash you down. And we're going to take a look at that today. We're going to talk today about Noah, actually. Kids, I'm going to need some of your help. I know you've got coloring books and things to do, but have any of you ever heard about a guy in the Bible named Noah? Anybody? Anybody. What do you know? Tell me something you know about Noah. Anybody. Anybody. What do you know? Okay. We're on the right track there. God did tell him to spread his word. In fact, Noah was known as a preacher of God's word. That's good. And there was a boat involved. We know that. What else, what else do we know about Noah? Anybody? Go. No, the girl in front of you. Yes, 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 yes. He built a really big boat. Why'd he build a boat? Anybody? Go. To save him from the flood. From the flood. flood? What's a flood? Anybody? What's a flood? It's going to put water everywhere. That's absolutely right. Here's a crazy thing, maybe you did or didn't know. It had never, ever rained where Noah was living. It ne- no, no he, rain. What else do we know? Argus, the Ark's a giant boat, a really big boat. <laughs> really big boat. Why? Why did he need a really big boat? To put all the animals in it, right? And not just his children, but two of, at least two of every kind of, if you think back, if we were to rewind back just a little bit, oh, by the way, no small group meeting today or next week after church. I forgot about that. Janet sent me a text. Um, It'll just get pushed out. So, those of you who are planning on staying for lunch, ha, you're on your own. Um, Back to Noah. Let's rewind a little bit. Have you ever imagined what that conversation might have been like between Noah and God? And we know it was a conversation because Scripture tells us that Noah actually was the one guy on earth at that time that fellowshiped with God. Fellowship's just a good church word that means hang out and have a potluck. So... We know that Noah was a guy that hung out with God. He was also the first guy to plant a vineyard, so I'm sure that they had some sort of party going on. But if we were re- to rewind this story to the very beginning, I imagine the conversation would go something like this. Hey, Noah. Hey, God. I got something I need you to do for me. Oh, okay. What's that? I need you to build an ark. Uh, okay, what's an ark? Um, it's like a really big boat, Noah. Okay, a boat. Um, God, not a lot of boats out here in this desert. Yeah, I get it, Noah. I'm planning on doing a little lawn- landscaping. Um, adding a water feature. <laughs> okay. Hey, God, you said a big boat. About... How big? Ah, about one and a half football fields. Oh, okay. What's football? (laughs) Well, football's kind of like hunting. You know, every time the season opens, everyone's excited about bagging a trophy. But by the time they get to this week, not even a cowboy can find a trophy nowhere. (laughs) So, God, why such a big... Boat, well, to hold all the animals, whoa, all the animals, God, yeah, uh, all of them, at least a couple each, that's a lot of, that's a lot of critters, God, how long are they going to be in there for, oh, not just them, no, you and your family too, oh, my wife's not going to like that, God, that's going to be one stinky boat. God, yeah, that's true. Tell you what, Noah, I'll, I'll change the plans and we'll add in a window. <laughs> just one? You sure about this? Yeah, I'm sure. You just got to stick to the plan. All right. Hey, God, what am I supposed to build this boat out of? We're kind of in a desert here. Gopher wood. Gopher wood? What's gopher wood? Well, when you look way off over there, just beyond the horizon. What do you see kind of rising? You mean the mountains, God? Yeah, the mountains. You've been there before. It's been a while. Remember all the trees on those mountains, Noah? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. A lot of trees. Well, that's where you're going to have to go for wood. What? That's where you're going to have to go for wood. Get it, Noah? hey, God, yeah, Noah, don't quit your day job. (laughs) We really don't know how the conversation went. But I imagine that it would have been something other than, oh, okay, a boat, that'll take me about, well, how long, God? Yeah, 100 years, give or take. And that's what happened, 100 years, give or take. We do know that God told Noah to build a giant boat out in the desert, a place where rain had never, ever fallen before, and Noah did it. Why? Because God promised him that he was going to re-landscape the desert, and Noah believed him. And that changed everything for Noah. God made a promise in a place that Noah couldn't see none of it happening, and it changed everything. Everything for Noah. Hebrews eleven seven 7 says this. Faith led Noah to listen, to listen, to what? To listen when God warned him about things in the future he couldn't see. He obeyed God and built a ship and saved his family. And with his faith, Noah showed that what the world was doing was wrong. He received God's approval. Why? Because He believed. Noah was saved because he believed. Nobody else believed. Nobody else was saved. In the book of Genesis, we read this. The first time it tells the story. The Lord saw how wicked everyone on earth was and how evil their thoughts were. But the Lord was pleased with Noah. Noah had no faults and was the only good man of his time. Now, some of you ladies have looked and you've had the same problem. Trying to find a good man at any time is always a hard thing to come by. I I get it. I understand it. I am not one myself. Noah was not perfect. Scripture never gets that confused. Scripture says that he believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness And because of that, because he believed and obeyed God, that was what was considered good. Not him. What he did. Noah was saved because he believed. Nobody else believed. Nobody else was saved. Have you ever heard the phrase, crabs in a bucket? Here's how that works. It is actually crab season in California. Runs from about November to July. You can get crabs. You can throw them in a bucket. You get one crab, you throw them in a bucket. He will climb out and be gone. But you throw two crabs in a bucket, or more than two, and you don't even have to put a lid on the bucket. Why? Some of you have heard of this. The crab in a bucket phenomenon, they call it. Because as soon as one starts to crawl out, all the others will reach up and grab them and drag them back in. You literally don't have to put a lid on a bucket full of crabs. No matter how hard any of the crabs work, none of them never going to make it out. Maybe you've been there yourself. You ever decided to do something or not do something that was different from what everyone around you was doing, and all of a sudden people start trying to drag you down and hold you back? You ever had the crabs pull you back in the bucket? Sometimes it's subtle. You know, you you try to change your eating habits. Well, some of you, not me necessarily. And people are getting, why are you all crazy about the food you're eating? Or you decide to break it and they say, "Uh, come on, just one's not going to hurt. Maybe it's aggressive. People can belittle you. They can guilt you. They can hammer you. They can condemn you. They can blame you for cheating or spread rumors to break you down. Sometimes it's very aggressive. Some of you have been there. They pull you down and try to keep, them, keep you where you're at and where they're at. Why? Because you trying to move and change and get better makes people around you uncomfortable. When you hold on to your faith, it makes other people uncomfortable. When you take a stand for righteousness, it makes people really uncomfortable. When you believe God's promises over other people's opinions, it ticks them off. More than uncomfortable. Certainly nothing new. That's exactly what happened to Noah. And there's a cue, and it goes like this. Maybe you've heard of Noah. Noah. Maybe you heard of his neighbors. They thought he was a man possessed, a maniac at best. Building an ark 50 feet tall in a land where rain had never fallen. Going on about a flood, the whole earth turned to mud. Poor old fool, something went wrong. Been working in the summer sun a bit too long. They said, Noah, ha, where are you going to go? In the middle of a desert in a giant boat. Noah, open up your ears. It's never going to happen. Not in a hundred years, no matter what you say, Noah. No way. No way. They'll do the same to you. They'll say you're crazy too. Giving your life, building a dream for a god. No one's ever seen, but don't you give up the ship. The rain is coming yet. You're not the first standing alone. Remember what those people said so long ago. They said, Noah, oh, where are you going to go? In the middle of the desert in a giant boat. Noah, oh, open up your ears. Never gonna happen in a hundred years, no matter what you say. Noah, no way. But the rain came down, and the floods came up, and the word of God proved him true enough. So it may take time, and it will take faith. But the one who stands is the one who will be saved. Ha! <laughs> Noah, no, no, no! It's never gonna happen, Noah. Not out here in the desert. No, Noah, you'll never be a captive. Ahoy! It's not gonna happen. They said, Noah, oh, where are you gonna go in the middle of the desert in a giant boat? Noah, oh, open up your ears. It's never gonna happen in a hundred years, no matter what you say. No, Hey, Noah, can you open up the door? There's water in the sky and it's starting to pour. Uh, Hey, Noah, forget all those things we said before. Um, Could we maybe just come aboard Noah? Hey, Noah! No way. (laughs) Noah was saved because he believed. Nobody else believed. Sounds harsh, but nobody else was saved. Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 tells us this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your heart, all your, all, all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to God and he'll make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord. Here's the thing about trusting God, though. When things are going great, when things are going well, when things are Perfect, and you're riding a wave, you got the world on a string, you're not trusting God. That ain't trust. Not even a little bit. Trust is when your world has fallen apart, your hope has shattered, your peace has turned to chaos, you've been betrayed by the people closest to you. Hope is when all, some, any of that has happened, and you're still hanging on to the promises of God. Right. Trust is when you can't see any possible way through your own personal nightmare and you're still believing, still believing that God's gonna show up and save you. No one was saved because he believed. Right. Nobody else believed, nobody else was saved. John records Jesus saying in chapter 13 of his gospel, you don't realize now what I'm doing but later You'll understand. You don't get it now, and I realize that, Jesus said, but later you will. You will. You'll understand. Later, you will see. You can't see what's going on now from your vantage point, but trust me, because later on, it'll all be clear. We are going to have to become intentional when it comes to trusting God. And we got to become intentional when it comes to no longer trusting the wrong things like ourselves, like our experience, like our own intellect. You may be good, you may be very good, but God is great. That's right. Around here we say all the time, <clears throat> we're simply ordinary people in pursuit of an extraordinary God. That's, right. That's what ordinary faith Is all about ordinary faith or ordinary people in pursuit of an extraordinary God. That's what we teach our kids, that's what we teach our adults, that's what Discover Ordinary Faith is all about. You might be good, but God is great. God has a higher and a wider and a more eternal perspective and understanding than I ever will. This is not the time. When we're facing and dragging ourselves through our nightmare, this is not the time to lean on our own understanding. This is the time to lean into God's plan for our lives, to trust him completely with our whole hearts, especially those parts of our hearts that we've held back because we're still kind of dipping our toes in the water. Floods rising. It's time to trust God. No one was saved because he believed. Nobody else was saved. Nobody else believed. Even in the middle of your nightmare, you need to know that every detour and every delay has been divinely orchestrated. That's a hard pill to swallow. That's a tough thing to trust. Let me say that again. In the middle of your nightmare, you need to know that every detour and every delay has been orchestrated by God on your behalf. God has a plan and a purpose that he's working out and this isn't the time to kick your belief in him to the curb. That's right. Disbelief disrupts our destiny. Disbelief disrupts our destiny. Falling out of belief fails us when we need God most. Disbelief Disrupts our destiny. But God has a plan for you and a purpose for you and an ideal time for you to be saved, to receive that promise you've been holding on to, to finally be able to live in hope and peace. God's working all things according to His plan, and His plan is ultimately in your favor and for your good. Even when you can't see it, even when it feels absolutely impossible. So how do we get there? How do we grow in our faith and belief? How do we pull ourselves out of our own crab bucket? We don't. We can't. If it was that easy, we would have already done it. We don't have the ability, we don't have the capability to grow our faith and our own belief to that level. We can't, but God does. God does. In Luke 18, 27, Jesus said, the things that are impossible for people are possible with God. The things we can't do, he can. The things we're unable to pull off, he's already got them well in hand. There are some things that you and I can't do. I can't grow my own faith to that level. But God can do anything. So here's my prayer for you today. What I'm asking God to do is to equip you with an unshakable level of trust in him and his timing. I'm asking God to do that for you, for me, for each one of us. I'm asking God to do that. Because God is the giver of good gifts. God is the one with the plan, And God is the one that will take us into and through the nightmare that we're facing. I'm asking God to equip you with an unshakable level of trust in him and in his timing. That you'd be able to believe like Noah believed. That you'd be able to trust when the way is unseen. That you'd be able to hold on to God's promises in the middle of your own hopelessness, and that just like God saved Noah, that God would rescue you. Let's pray. Father, it's a simple message today, but there's really no need to overcomplicate the idea that we can trust you and that we can put our faith in you and that we can believe in you. Anytime we're honest with that, though, we realize that what we would hope to be, someone like Noah, sure seems a long way off, and we can't see how to get there, but you can. You know the way, and you know how it's different for each and every one of us. You know the different nightmares that we're facing. You know the different things that are just standing in our way, like uh, coming like a flood that we can't stop. You know the way. So today I'm asking that you'd equip each and every one of us with an unshakable level of trust in you and in your timing. This is our prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with us if you would. We're going to close with a couple of songs and I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Let's sing.